I want to be 30. I want to be 30 and flirty and, and thriving. thriving. Oh. You're about to be. I know. You're about to be. <laughs> so close to 30. It's okay. It's okay. Because your 30s, honey, oh, they are going to be your time. Oh, I hope so. Oh, they are going to be your time. (laughs) And if they're not, your 40s will be. (laughs) And if not the 40s, then your 50s. (laughs) And if not your 50s, well, a life spent with hard work is worth something. Yep. I guess you're right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get to work then. Oh. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we are 30, flirty, and thriving. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week, we are covering the 2004 romantic comedy, 13 Going on 30. Released as Suddenly 30 in some countries. <laughs> Suddenly 30. Like, I'm kind of glad, I'm kind of glad they went with the current title. Well, yeah, that's like kind of a thing, though, in America, right? Like, 13 Going on 30. Like, that's something that's like, you're such in a hurry to grow up. You are 13. Going, going on 30. 30. What the fuck happened there? <laughs> we're going to find out. You were especially excited to cover this today. I, I love this stupid movie. I just do. I've loved it ever since it came out. When I was a kid, I was literally like eight years old when this movie came out. And I remember watching it for the first time. And I was like, wow, that was really, that was fun. It was fun. It was fun. And it was heart wrenching. And I'm like, I look back on it now and I'm like, what kind of eight, nine-year-old was I? <laughs> like, I'm really into this romantic comedy. It really was a precursor to everything I would become. Before we get started, guys, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. And you can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget to be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. We want everyone to be able to join this watch party. All right, you ready to time travel? Oh, God. (laughs) No, I mean, the one thing that really brings us home for me is nostalgia. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then, let's get nostalgic. I love nostalgia anything. Jenna Rink couldn't grow up fast enough. Smile, sweetie. Don't you knock? Are you wearing a bra? You're not ready for a bra. Dad, stop taping. So on her 13th birthday, Dad, check this out, wishing dust. She only made one wish. I hate being 13. I just want to be grown up. And she woke up 17 years later. Something really freaky is happening here. I slept in an apartment I've never seen before. There was a naked man in my shower and I saw his... Now she's got a lot of catching up to do. Repeat after me. I am Jenna Rank, Big Time Magazine editor. I am. Eminem's on the phone. He wants a decision now. Plane. Peanut. Today is the first day. Is there anything else you need from me? Actually, I need to find this guy. Matt, it's me. Jenna, why are you here? Yesterday was my 13th birthday, and today I woke up and I'm this. There's something really weird going on. One woman will discover... I like your dress. It's because I've got these incredible boobs to fill it out. She's truly a kid at heart. Revolution Studios presents... You want to know a secret? Yeah. You're the sweetest guy I've ever known. And I just floated home on a cloud. 
That is so romantic. Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo. 13, going on 30. You might have guessed it, but we have names. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner in her second Kicking and Streaming appearance? I think so. Uh, she was in Valentine's Day when we did Valentine's <gasps> Day. Number three. This is number three because she was in Juno. <gasps> That's right. Yes. I forgot about Juno. Because we did it because she was in Juno when we did Juno. She made a cameo in Catch Me If You Can. That's right. She is in that movie for .5. Exactly. Dallas Buyers Club. She's in Valentine's Day. The Odd Life of Timothy Green. Do you remember that about the kid who's a plant? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's actually happening? I, I've never seen the movie, so I couldn't really tell you. He's just got like he's got vines for legs. She's the mom in Love Simon. Yes. Yeah, when we loved that, didn't we? We did love Simon. We love to see that. We have Mark Wavy Ruffles. <laughs> <laughs> like the chip. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo, everybody. Mark Ruffles. In his first kicking and streaming appearance? Yeah, straight out of the potato chip game. <laughs> you know him from things like the Marvel Universe. Yes, he's the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, and Avengers and all that good stuff, and Thor, and holy fuck, he's in a lot of Marvel movies. <laughs> Bruce Banner, is that the character's name? Yes. Oh, he's in that movie You Can Count on Me with Laura Linney. Oh, with your wife. Yeah, with my wife. Get away, Mark. For my true crime babies, he's also in the Zodiac movie. Oh, God. Yeah, with Robert Downey Jr. Ugh. We have Judy Greer. Oh, my God. She's been with us on the show before, hasn't she? Absolutely. She was in The Village. Yes. Played Sister Kitty. You might know her from movies like Elizabethtown. Oh, yeah. You know I, ex- you know I expressed my affinity for Elizabethtown. Uh, she's in 27 Dresses, A Love and Other Drugs. She is the classic best friend in a rom-com. She is. She is. And she's usually funnier than the leading lady. Yeah. Like, she's always stealing the show. She's in a couple of Ant-Man movies. <laughs> I don't know a lot about Ant-Man, but I don't need to. You also know her for her voice work as Cheryl Tunt on Archer. It makes... Let me finish! Toast. <sighs> you ruined it. I love Archer. And you know her as Kitty from Arrested Development. <laughs> You're not my supervisor! <laughs> <laughs> we have the one, the only... Mr. Andy Circus. Oh my god. In perhaps his first kicking and streaming appearance? Yes, we just watched 13 going on 30 upstairs together. And when Andy Circus came on screen, I went, "What? Why is he in this?" Andy Circus is notable not only for his chilling on-screen performances, but he's also very notable for motion capture performances. Yeah, y'all are familiar with his performance in the Lord of the Rings trilogy as Gollum slash Smeagol. And the Hobbit stuff. And the Hobbit he's stuff. He's in all that shit. He also does motion capture for a favorite movie of yours. King Kong. Yes, he's King Kong! He's also in King Kong as one of the ship people. <laughs> he's, he's Snoke. In the Star Wars revamp. Oh, that's right. He does motion capture for that (laughs) and voice work for that. He's good with his body. What can we say? Yeah, sure. All right. Are you ready to turn back time? If I could turn back time. 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 (laughs) Hit it, Sonny. Listen 
to this music. I love the excited piano. Is it head over heels? I think so. I used to listen to this when I was in school. I think it's by the Go-Go's. So it's like, I just love the... <laughs> We're in a teen comedy, y'all. Can you hear it? Sparkles and glitter and clouds in 1987. <laughs> Yeah, it is 87. Remember school pictures. Oh, boy. That was such a heightened day of anxiety. And yeah. for the exact reasons that take place here. The Life Touch crew coming in to take pictures of all these damn kids. And they're like, they're giving you all these vague instructions. Like, look to the side. Lean in a little more. Smile, honey. Yeah. Oh. And, and you're like, I am literally 13. Please don't perceive me. I get, right? <laughs> right? Absolutely. And your mom, you know fussing over you about it like I'm gonna pay a hundred something dollars for these goddamn photos for everybody so you better look your best. Oh, I got in royal trouble one year because I wore a camo shirt for picture day. Mom would always be mad at me because I wouldn't be like genuinely smiling. It would be always be just like either a smirk or... You did have a school picture smile. It's because I didn't I was ugly. I didn't like, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I didn't want it memorialized. <laughs> Honey. So they're like, smile. And I was like, eh. like you're, you're, the corners of your mouth are upturned, but your eyes are empty. Exactly. And so this is where we meet Jenna Rink, <sighs> who is a shy 13-year-old girl getting her school picture taken. Swing around this way just a little bit, Gina. Come on, right there. That's good. It's yeah, Jenna. On, Look over here, Gina, right here. It's Jenna. Oh, the product. Oh. The finished product of this poor girl's photo. Like, she's not smiling. She's, like, wincing. Yeah, in her... Ah, I just... I, my heart breaks. I know. <laughs> I'm like... She's got a retainer. Yeah. Oh, sweetheart. I've been there. I know where you are. <sighs> I was this girl. I was this girl in middle school. I was the girl who I wasn't... I didn't have any popular friends. I wasn't trendy. I didn't, like... I didn't keep up with what was popular. But I wanted to be popular. Mm -hmm. And everything about me was like, don't look at me or I may explode. I don't know what the kid actor's name is, but we get Maddie. Oh, yeah. Matt Flamhalf. Her best friend, Matt. Fat Fatty Maddie. <laughs> Beaver, they'd call him. That's so rude. Kids are the worst. And so he comes up to her because he's got his camera. Oh, yeah. He's the, he's you. He's the yearbook he, guy. He's the, yeah, he's the documenter. And then we're introduced to the plastics. They're not called the plastics. <laughs> the pink ladies? No, not the pink ladies. The six chicks. Yes, they're called the six chicks. What a stupid fucking name for a group. Well, because there's six of them, Ross. Stupid fucking 80s bullies. <laughs> Hi, Tom Tom. Hey, Jenna. Hi, Beaver. How's everything at the dam? They are led by this horrible little monster named Tom Tom. Lucy. Tom Tom is like, I, I, the only way I know how to describe her is she looks like that JoJo person. Siwa. Siwa? Is yeah. That, yeah, what are her? Okay, JoJo Siwa. She does, has the side ponytail, and she's super into, like, looking like a teeny bopper. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, that's some people's thing. I don't get it, but whatever. And, and But she's like a mean JoJo Siwa. Yeah. She's so horrible. Jenna aspires to be a six chick. I know. So who, she ha who does she have to kill? To, get to become a six chick, because there's only six. <laughs> you can't be the seventh six chick. Quietly contemplating which one to knock off. <laughs> Jenna is so desperate to fit into this little clique, even though they make fun of her and Matt, like right in front of them. Yeah. 
And, like, she's so desperate to be their friend that she invites them to her 13th birthday party. I do get that. Like, I've been there before. Like, you're friends with somebody, and then the bullies decide to pick on that person and not you, and you just kind of lock up. It happened to me, except I wasn't the Jenna. I was the Matt. Yeah. Yeah. And and so people are just like, are you going to let them, are you going to stand there and let them say that shit to me? And the friend's just like, shut up, shut up. Yeah, like, I totally am. Yeah. (laughs) Shut up. I want to get in on this. And Tom Tom agrees to come to her birthday party, her and her whole little posse. She's going to bring high school boys. Gross. And it's all a ploy just to get Jenna to do her homework for her. Yeah. She's like, hey, uh, punch up this project proposal for me, please. Could you do that? Because I'm kind of stupid and I don't know what I'm doing. And Jenna's like, well, uh, I could do it for you. And she's like, great, we'll see you at seven. Yeah. I hate this because I was also this person. These these girls, it's usually girls. I mean, if you're a dude, you're probably bullied by dudes, but I was bullied by girls. And these girls that are so mean to you, but you still want to be a part of their group, just the desire to be included. She's like, Maddie, one day I'm going to be a six chick. And he's like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. I can't believe you invited those clones. They're my friends. Six chicks are not your friends, okay? Well, almost. And someday I'm going to be a six chick. There's six of them, Jenna. That's the whole point. There can't be a seventh six chick. It's just mathematically impossible. Besides, you're way cooler than they are. They're totally unoriginal. They share a love of many things that childhood friends do. You know, the arts, pop culture, razzles. (laughs) They're so cute. It's both a candy and a gum. I love their little friendship. Yeah. You want some razzles? (laughs) Razzles are for kids. And he's like, yeah, exactly. We are literal children. Little miss, I want to be 30, flirty, and thriving. I love their little friendship. Every time they say goodbye, they go, arrivederci, au revoir. (laughs) And they pronounce it wrong. Yeah, exactly. They're adorable. All right, so now we're getting dressed up for our birthday party. Do you think it's 1987? Oh, I know. The end. Everything. She's listening to Rick Springfield. Jesse's girl. That was like mom's favorite song when she was in high school. Oh, I bet. I bet. Jesse's girl. She's got like a framed photo of Madonna. Uh huh. And she's doing like the full Cindy Lopper look. She's stuffing her bra. I know. She's putting on way too much rouge. The parents are whack. Oh my God. I have in bold letters. Oh no. The parents have a shoulder camera. Wayne and Beverly Rink are two characters, let me tell you. <laughs> They're the parents that I'm definitely going to be. The Coming in with the camera, like, oh, look, she's a little woman now. And she's like, I'm a literal troglodyte. Get out of my room. <laughs> and like, <laughs> please don't perceive me. And she's like got all these magazines. She loves reading Poise. Oh, yeah. Poise is like her thing. It's like our uh, Vogue. I was going to say Cosmopolitan, but... Runway? Yeah, Runway. Miranda Priestly? From De- The Devil Wears Prada. Part two, because this is The Devil Wears Prada part one. Oh my God, it's like a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, the mom is like, oh, honey, please don't be upset. You're turning 13, but, like, you're, you're still a kid. And she's like, I want to look like these women. And she's flipping through a Poise magazines. Just because you don't look like these girls in Poise magazine doesn't mean that you're not beautiful in your own way. I don't want... I want to be beautiful in my own way. I want to look like these people. Oh, those aren't people, honey. Those are models. All the while taking the tissue out of her daughter's bra. I mean, she's 
I mean, I kind of agree with her. Like, I don't think of models as people. Well, I, I think of them as products. Like That is kind of the message of this movie, isn't it? Yeah. Because this, you know, 2004 magazine culture was at a peak and it was like not in a good place because th- that was one of the things about this movie I noticed is that the early aughts kind of like the 80s, mm-hmm. were like super obsessed over image and lifestyle and whether or not you were trendy and keeping up with everything. If you turn sideways, you could fall through a crack in the floor. Yeah, everybody's body image was off. Mm-hmm. Everybody's starving themselves so they can fit into this very straight-sized, straight-orientation white person look. And like, I just love how this movie continues to make a commentary on that and slowly undo it by the end in a way. It's May 26, 1987. She's a fucking Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's her 13th birthday and we're setting up in the basement. And what are we listening to? Let me tell you what the real thriller is. <laughs> the wood paneling in this basement. Does that frighten you? Uh, it thrills me. <laughs> I hate wood paneling. Why do we hate wood paneling Because so you much? hate the 70s. I guess. <laughs> Fuck the 70s. Yeah, she's practicing the thriller choreography, and I thought of you instantly. I know. We'll talk more about that later. All right, all right. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later. I'll save that then. So Maddie is the first person to arrive to the party. Because he lives next door. Yes, he sure does. (laughs) So Maddie comes downstairs and he's ready to give her one of her birthday presents. Yeah, it's in this big box with a cute pink bow. Oh, it's so sweet. And he unwraps it and... It's a dollhouse. That he made for her. She's always wanted a Barbie dream house, but Mm -hmm. he made her her own dream house. Jenna's dream house. And it's got like little people in it. It's got like her in the bathtub reading poise, Mm -hmm. MTV's on downstairs. With Rick Springfield on the couch and Maddie's there making sure he doesn't, you know, go upstairs. (laughs) And I just, I was- It's precious. It is so precious. And- I actually did this for a boyfriend. I know you did, and wow. Because of this movie, it was so nice. There was like a little Xbox with (laughs) little clay controllers, and there was a television with like the wedding episode of The Office on it. Oh, it was a labor of love. So I'm just, Maddie, I love him already. Like, he would have been my best friend, for sure. But you know what we can't forget to add to the dream house? What's that? The wishing dust. Oh my god, this little envelope of wishing dust that I'm sure he picked up at a novelty store for 50 cents. Eternal glitter, I'm calling it. (laughs) Eternal glitter. And he like sprinkles that wishing dust on the house. And just like the look on her face, like she's just wishing for so much in that moment. She wants to be grown up. Yeah, she doesn't want to be a kid. She doesn't want to be awkward anymore. 13 year olds are so incredibly sad. I know, because they just everything's awkward and you don't know what anything's- Because everything is still so far away. Yeah. And you yeah, you know what I mean? Like you've got that much more to go. You feel like you're halfway there cuz you're a teenager now. Yeah, you've got like child emotions in a budding body. And little do you know you have 10 more years for you even look like anything resembling an adult. Oh my god. Yeah. I just turned 24. <laughs> and let me tell you. The weight is sinking in. Like, you're barely an adult. <laughs> like, you still, when you're in a bad situation, you still find yourself looking around going, I need an adult. Oh, wait, I am the adult. 
So the plastics are here. Ding dong. We've arrived for the party. She hides his, cr- he, she hides the dream house. Yeah, she puts it in the closet immediately. Because that's for babies. Yeah, and she doesn't want to look like a baby. Uh-huh. And so, like, the plastics show up. I keep calling them, we keep calling them the plastics. The six chicks. And they bring with them Chris Grandy. Oh, they bring a car full of high school boys. Yeah. Lucy, Tom Tom, comes up with the idea Let's play Seven Minutes in Heaven. Oh, you mean the creepiest teenage pastime of the last 40 years? I just think that that's a recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah. You put two teenagers in a dark closet, one of them with a blindfold on, and you just get to go ham? That's just so inappropriate. It is inappropriate. The 80s were a weird, fucked up time. (laughs) It was a different time. It was a different time. Well, you go in the closet, and some lucky guy's going to go in there and do whatever he wants with you. For seven whole minutes. And guess who wants to go first? Who? Chris Grandy. No way. Way. What Lucy does is she blindfolds Jenna, puts her in the closet in the basement, is like, Chris Grandy's gonna go with you and go first because you're the birthday girl. Jenna's in love with Chris Grandy. And so they shove her in that closet and then they loot all the food. Well, she got what she wanted. Yeah. She got her report that Jenna did for her. Yeah, she was like, it's on the kitchen counter. And she's like, thanks, love ya. And like, they they leave because Matt has gone next door to grab his Casio. <laughs> his guitar. Yeah. And he's he's literally Gene from Bob's Burgers. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he comes back and they're all leaving. And she's he's like, where are you all going? And Tom Tom's like, uh, Jenna's waiting for you in the closet. And so Matt's like, uh, okay. And he goes all the way down to the closet and opens the door. And there's Jenna. She could not be more ready. She's reaching out for him. And he's she's like, oh, Chris. It's not Chris, it's Matt. What are you doing here? Where's Chris? He's gone. Everybody left. What'd you do? Nothing. Yes, you did. No, I just wanted to to get my Casio. Get out. Wait, Jenna, please just let me get talk out. to you. No. And she's she immediately pulls that blindfold off and she's like, what the fuck? Where is everybody? <laughs> she's like, he's like, they all left. And she so Jenna just hates everything. I want to be 30. <laughs> she shoves herself back in that closet and locks the door, puts the blindfold back on. She's like, if I can't see it, it's not happening. And she's like slamming her head against the 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 shelf in there or whatever. I want to be 30. Just let me play you this song, okay? It'll make you feel better. I want to be 30. 30 and flirty and thriving. 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 There's no place like home. There's There's no no place place like home. home. There's no place like home. And she's knocking all the wishing dust off of the dream house. And it's like like raining all over her. Sparkles and glitters and 1987 and clouds. Oh my. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, we just kind of like dematerialize away from that. Yeah. We are in a bedroom all of a sudden. And like it's Jenna. So we're Jennifer Garner now. Yeah, she wakes <laughs> up as Jennifer Garner. And like it's just like this, I just love this whole sequence. She like falls out of bed, crawls to the door, and she takes off a blindfold and she's like, or like, well, it's not a blindfold, it's a sleep mask. But she thinks it's still the blindfold she has on. And she's like looking out of the hall. It is not her house. <laughs> no. She is in this luxurious Fifth Avenue apartment. She's like, where am I? Who am I? When am I? Like, <laughs> she's calling out for her parents. Mom? Dad? <laughs> There's this big mirror on the wall. <laughs> she turns to her right, gets a look of herself in that mirror, and just freaks out. Ah! 
she like drops below that little partition and in, she's like in that pink nightgown yep she loves her pink there's lots of pink and she's looking in the mirror and she's like i'm like a whole ass woman yeah now. like i've got boobies yeah she's grabbing her chest and her ass and she's like what and she picks up the mail off the coffee table <laughs> And it says Fifth Avenue on it. And you're like, holy shit. She goes, Jenna Rink. Jenna Rink. Jenna Rink. Jenna Rink. Jenna Rink. I live here. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, Jenna. (laughs) I love Jennifer Garner in these first few scenes. She did such a good job. Like, I believe... She is a 13-year-old in a woman's body. She's having a very... You love out-of-body movies, don't you? I do. Like, this movie came out one year after Freaky Friday. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just love this kind of comedy, man, because it's all based on error and farce and really a lot of character development. So she she picks up her phone. She calls her parents. The handset. The handset. Hi, sorry we missed your call. Dad? Well, we're not that sorry because we're cruising in the Caribbean. So we'll be back on the 18th, so call us then. Uh, have a good day. You went on a cruise without me? She's scandalized. I love how she starts talking to the voicemail box because they didn't have voicemail in the 80s. And then her cell phone starts ringing somewhere in the depths of the apartment, <laughs> and we don't know what a cell phone is yet. She's like, what is that music? Yeah, and she's like, where's it coming from? She's going all over, and then she hears a shower running. Oh my god. There is this man in her apartment who is obviously her lover, <laughs> but she doesn't know that today because she just woke up. She just woke from up. From a 17 years <laughs> <laughs> We've had quite the time skip. Yeah. And so this naked man comes out of the bathroom asking for the conditioner. And he's like, sweet bottom. I know you're there. And my parents are totally going to be out any minute. Ah! Hey, sweet bottom. Where's the conditioner? You're naked. Not yet. First of all. I hate the term. <laughs> sweet bottom. Sweet bottom. Hey, sweet bottom. Gavin's going to start calling you that. I know. And you're going to hate it. I know. <laughs> and so, like, I love it because he's, she's like, you're naked. And, like, he's, he's like, like, not yet. And, like, she throws that umbrella up so we don't get the male nudity. <laughs> I know you're there. <laughs> and my parents are going to totally be home any minute. <laughs> she, in her nightie and sleep mask, grabs the coat. Some shoes she left by the door <laughs> and runs for it. She gets out onto the street. Can you hear that, sir? Can you hear the music? Yeah. She's like a Beverly Hillbilly looking for this music. <laughs> oh, my God. In the Beverly Hillbillies where they, the doorbell will ring and they don't know what it is. Where is that music coming from? And they never get it. I know. <laughs> her cell phone starts going off in her clutch. And t- to a random man, she grabs his arm and goes, Do you hear that, sir? Do you hear the music? <laughs> This movie's the best. (laughs) Do you hear the music? And lo and behold, a 30-year-old Tom Tom, Lucy, is standing at a town car waiting for her to get into it. Yeah. She's on the phone screaming about some deal that fell through. Yeah, we don't know it's Lucy, but it's Lucy. Yeah. Like, I'd almost forgotten about that. It's Judy Greer. I'd forgotten that she'd grown up and become friends with the high school bully. Yeah. Jenna doesn't really know who Lucy is right now. (laughs) Like, caught between getting in a car with a stranger and going back to the sexually aggressive man, she gets in the car. So Lucy cannot deal with Jenna today. Well, yeah, because Jenna's acting like she doesn't know who she is. Exactly. <laughs> Something really strange is happening. I I slept in an apartment I've never seen before, and there was a naked man in my shower, and I, I saw his thingy. Oh, God, not his thingy. Like, it's wild. Like, how do you even begin to explain that to somebody? Like, this is 
sometimes I feel like this movie is like the heir apparent to Big mm-hmm. with Tom Hanks, where he's a little kid and then he makes a wish at some carnival thing. And this is like our version of Big. We get all the way to work. Because that's where we're going. We're going to work. And we're walking up to this huge building, this huge skyscraper. I bet it's right across the street from where from where Runway is produced. Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, it looks like the same area of New York. From Elias Clark. Yes. <laughs> but they are going into the building for Poise Magazine. Yes, they are. Yes, and they are. There's, I love that big issue that they've got out in front of the building with J-Lo on it. Lucy's like, all right, I don't know what the fuck's going on with you, but you need to, like, get it together. Jenna, you're being ridiculous. Come on, okay? We have a meeting in 10 minutes, okay? I'm going to tell you what to do. Repeat after me. I am Jenna Rank, Big Time Magazine Editor. I am? Repeat it. I am Jenna Rink, Big Time Magazine Editor. I'm a tough bitch. I am a tough... And she's, like, embarrassed because she doesn't want to say a naughty word. Yeah, she says it like, bitch. (laughs) Tough bitch. So not only does she work for the magazine that she loved as a child, she's an editor. Yeah. Like, talk about getting your dream. Oh, my God. I love it for her. But we're going to learn pretty shortly that this is not all what it's cracked up to be. So she walks into the office and everyone girds their loins. Yeah. She's kind of like the Miranda Priestly here. I have in all capital letters, why is Andy Serkis here? He's here to be lovable and weird. And British. And gay. Oh, that's right. (laughs) I keep forgetting about that. We don't find out until later, but... There's the dynamic duo. I trust my executive editors are late again because they were out promoting us at all the right parties. You got it, Richard. Richard, you're my boss. That's right, baby. Who's your daddy? Wayne Rink. And so, yeah, Smeagol is the editor-in-chief of Poise. His name is Richard. Richard. British Richard. Like, I can't even imagine being in this position where, like, you have a life, but, like, you don't know what it is. Exactly. Like, you've inherited a life that's not your own. (laughs) You just wake up one day and you're a different person and everybody has questions you can't answer. So we get sat down in our meeting. Her assistant, Arlene, comes up to her frantically. Jenna asks Arlene to find Maddie for her. Uh Uh-huh, because that's like the last thing she remembers. Is Maddie. Yeah. And Maddie's the only person in this life that she actually knows. So she's like, I need you to find this guy for me. He lives in New Jersey. And Arlene's like... Okay. Like, I think Arlene is surprised that she even said please. Yeah. Um, Arlene's afraid of Jenna. Yeah. And uh, we're kind of getting that more and more as we go along. So now we're in a meeting. Richard is upset. Oh, yeah. Sparkle Magazine, Poise's competitor, plagiarizes. Yeah, they are, like, copying all of their designs. And making it better. Yeah, it's almost as if they've got a leak in-house. Mm, there's a rat. And because Sparkle does it better... Their circulation is going down. Mm-hmm. He's got this idea to have one of those stupid, lavish, late 90s, early aughts magazine parties. Like, I'm talking DJs, I'm talking open bar, I'm talking all of the vapid and boring people you can stand. Jenna, what do you think? Can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> So she locks herself in this Pinterest board office. Yeah, she's got this big cork board on her wall that's just got, like, pictures and words and just anything that can help her come up with a concept. Arlene knocks, and she's like, ah, I got that guy that you asked for. And she was like, Matt. She pulls her in, and she's so scandalized. (laughs) So she goes all the way to Greenwich Village and knocks on Maddie's door. Just leaves work because she doesn't understand she has to be at work. (laughs) 
And Matt opens the door, and he's Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. <laughs> His face, just like this look of horror. Yeah. Jenna. Jenna. Yes, yes. You don't know me? Oh, that's so weird, because yesterday you were there. But the thing is, it wasn't yesterday, because I'm not 13. Jenna. Yes. Jenna Ring. Yes. Matt, it's me. He lets her in, and she just starts ranting. Just all of these things about how she woke up in a woman's body. The last thing she remembers was her 13th birthday party. You need to help me remember my life. Me? Yes. I can't do that. Why not? (laughs) I don't know anything about you. All right? I haven't seen you since high school. What? We're not friends anymore, Jenna. I like Matt a lot because he is largely unproblematic for this movie. And just the way he's staring her in the face like... I haven't seen you in 17 years. Yeah, or talked to you, yeah. Yeah, and you are like in my face right now with some crazy nonsense. And she's like, listen, it's like I woke up and I skipped everything. Also to mention, Mark is an accomplished photographer now. Yeah, he also got to achieve his dream. Mm -hmm. He just, he's a freelance photographer. He gets her a nice big glass of water and a pillow to clutch. (laughs) He's concerned about her mental state. I know, and And I love him for it. And he's like, listen, um, we're going to get you back to your apartment. I'm going to help you find it, okay? For all he knows, she's hit her head. Yeah. You know? And she has amnesia or something. Exactly. And like, so he walks her back to Fifth Avenue and he goes up with her into the apartment and we get out the yearbooks and we start looking through everything that Jenna has missed during her Rip Van Winkle sleep. Yeah, he gives her kind of just like a resentful rundown <laughs> of everything that's happened in her life. He's like, yeah, so you stopped talking to me, you started being friends with these assholes, and uh, I slipped into obscurity. She became the leader of the Six Chicks. I know. She went to prom with Chris Grandy, which is another other things she wanted Mm -hmm. and like now she's this big magazine editor so she's like this is incredible i can't believe it i got everything i ever wanted yeah jenna you got it all congratulations yeah you got it all jenna congratulations (laughs) i love how matt's like well this has been weird and then like goes to leave she gets a phone call confirming your limousine for 8 30 yes my limousine for 8 30 i will be prepared to take my ride at that time I'm going to a party in a limo. She's so excited. I love it. And he's and, like, I'm uh, I'm going to get going. And she's like, you don't want to come to the party? Like, we're still 13. I know. Yeah. And so he's like, uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'll see you. Dusting off this old chestnut. Montage time. Yeah. Woo! Whitney. We're getting a dress-up montage to Ross's second favorite Whitney song. Absolutely. Oh, I love this song so much. Absolutely. She's discovering that she has this beautiful, big walk-in closet. Look at that closet. Full of thousands of dollars of designer merchandise. She's got a pair of shoes for every day of the month. We're 13, putting on makeup. Oh my God, that's the other thing. She doesn't know how to put on makeup. She doesn't know how to be subtle. She doesn't know how to contour. She is pink in the face from rouge. She's just these big 
splotches of rouge on her face and the blue eyeshadow. Honey, we've all been there. She walks out the door and wow, it is a look. <laughs> it is a look. It, it is a look. This bright green purple dress. Cosmo and Wanda. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So we get on the elevator with the kid from Still Standing. Right, yeah. Renee Olstead or whatever her name is. I think her name in the movie is Becky. 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 Which is funny because she's just totally a Becky. I like your shoes. Thanks. I like your dress. It's because I've got these incredible boobs to fill it out. <laughs> the 13 year old's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't want to hear about your boobs. I'm still waiting on mine. Yeah. So we go to this party. And again, I hate this party. I just hate the look of it. I wouldn't enjoy being there. All of these fake people in this bad early aughts fashion. We're also being introduced to alcohol. Oh, that's right. (laughs) We're 13 and we're (laughs) drinking. I bet. What do you think her first drink was? Do you think it was like a pink squirrel? I don't know, but she's loving them pina coladas. And like they're walking around and Jenna and Lucy come upon Trish Sackett. She is rude and mean and sloppy. We don't like her at all. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> she is the editor for the rival magazine Sparkle. Mm-hmm. Hi, girls. RJ, I wish you was selling like hotcakes. How's yours doing? Oh my God, Trish, are things so bad? You had to come to our party to eat some free food. Please put some crab in your purse for later. What is this actress's name? I don't know. Trish Sackett, I've seen her in things. Take a look, because I'm curious also. Kirsten Warren, you know, this is Kirsten Warren's second kicking and streaming appearance. Are you about to blow my mind? I am about to blow your mind. Okay, tell me what she was in. She's Jasmine's stripper friend in Independence Day. The <gasps> one that she doesn't want to go to the top the one who of gets, the LAPD. The one who gets blown up? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, that's her. Oh, my God. Yeah, you might want to keep some of that biting wit for your magazine. Or maybe you could just change the name to something more appropriate, like poison or pitiful. Whatever's more pathetic. <laughs> you know what? You are rude and mean and sloppy and frizzy. I don't like you at all. Like she's just not here. She's not here for all of the reading and the ugliness. Like, let her have it, Jenna. I love it. The other problem with the party, in addition to Trish, is that people are dipping out early. This is kind of where I learned for the first time that the music makes the party. It really does. Yeah. Like, it's got to be a vibe. Maybe if somebody played something other than this, something with a melody. Honey, play whatever you want to. All I know is for those people who don't start dancing really, really soon, here's to early retirement. I just hate that, like, their business success depends on this lifestyle image. It's exhausting. Well, what Jenna says is, well, maybe if Mr. DJ would play something different, like something with a melody and not just this, you know. I miss the club so much. I do miss the club. (laughs) Oh, my God. And so Jenna has an idea. I love this. I love this so much. This was the first scene they shot. Jenna goes over to the DJ and like she whispers in his ear or something and he drops this record on the turntable. And she's just like standing there awkwardly looking around like, okay, okay, this is what I've got to do. I've trained for this. Yeah. (laughs) 
she starts doing the choreography mm-hmm. out there all by herself, and everybody is standing around with like, drinks in their hand. Everybody's like, like, okay, haven't heard this song in two decades, but let's go. Because that's the thing, right? Magazine parties should be trendy, and what's now? Yeah. Not what's in 1987? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, I mean, she's doing it. She's getting it. And, like, when I saw this for the first time, I was like, wow, that's really cool. They're having a lot of fun. I liked that song from there on out. I remember Mom put it on a CD for me to listen to. And you learned the thriller choreography. I did. I agree. I think you saw that in the movie, and you're like, wow, she turned that party around. Yeah, she did. It's like, that was, and that that was, it was honestly formative for me. <laughs> I would also and... like to have that superpower. Yeah. Maddie shows up. In yeah. the middle of Thriller. <laughs> and as soon as she locks eyes with him, she's like, Maddie, Maddie, Maddie come, here. come here. It's Thriller. thriller. <laughs> and the spotlight goes on him. And she, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. no I no. literally just got here. She shimmies her way over to him <laughs> and drags him out on the dance floor. And he awkwardly begins to do it with her. It's a whole vibe. Everybody's like, okay. It's okay. like Thriller dominoes. One by one, <laughs> people start coming out to do it. And it ends up being this really great thing. So, like, I love how, like, near the end of it, Maddie just is like, what am I doing? Oh, are these feelings? He's like, am I, what? (laughs) Jenna Rink? (laughs) This girl that, like, (laughs) turned her back on me and refused to speak to me ever again? And he literally gets in her face and he's like, listen, I'm feeling things. I need to go. (laughs) (laughs) In so many words. Yeah. So now we get another montage of Jenna enjoying her adult life. We're learning how to settle into our new life. We're shopping. She's like, she's at Chanel and Louboutin. Just spending the money. Just the thousands of dollars on designer labels. We're reading magazine publishing for dummies. She's learning how to do her current job. (laughs) We come to a bar with Tom Tom and Lucy, I should say. Lucy and Jenna. And they take their drinks and they toast. And she goes, to being 30, I've decided it's going to be totally awesome. (laughs) And she goes, speaking of totally awesome... You should totally check out Mr. Hottie checking you out. She turns around and there is an older gentleman down the bar eyeing her and she goes, oh my God, he's totally cute. Should I go talk to him? And she goes, you're not married. (laughs) So she puts her drink down, turns around and walks over to a 13 year old kid (laughs) sitting in a booth eating a hamburger. And And starts chatting him up. Literally her opening line is hitting on the child goes, can I borrow your ketchup? And he goes, sure. I actually came over here because I think you're really cute. So do you want to go out sometime? And you can see Lucy in the background screwing up her face like, what the, what? <laughs> That's not what I meant. What are you doing? Time to go. What, do you want to go to jail? I'm a bad guy. Man, gross. What, do you want to go to jail? I meant that guy. <laughs> and she goes, oh, that man? Oh, gross. <laughs> I love it. I love it. She's like, you want to go to jail? That's the out-of-body comedy I live for. We go out on the street. We leave the the bar. And guess who we fucking encounter? Maddie. Maddie is there. Who else walks up, Ross? We meet a lovely young woman named Wendy. Wendy was doing some shopping with Matt for, I don't know, Wendy and Matt's upcoming nuptials. Jenna, this is Wendy, my fiance. Oh, I'm Jenna. Matt told me all about his blast from the past. It was really sweet of you to stop by. Maddie's a sweet one. I don't know what I would have done without him. 
He's engaged. To Wendy. To Wendy. And Wendy seems nice enough. Like, she is. She's a lovely person. She's like, she's an anchor woman in Chicago. And she goes, anchor person. And he's like, yeah, anchor person. And it's like, oh, no. And she's like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. Maddie's getting married. That's weird. And so we go to a meeting. Richard comes in very solemn. And he says, listen. The Cirques are in. Our numbers are dismal. We're below 600,000 total circulation. Sparkle is closing in on a million. I've just come off the phone with corporate and they have dropped the R word. Redesign? And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I, that's, I had the same thing. I was like, oh, no. Are they about to make this joke? Yeah, and then they were like, redesign. I breathed a sigh of relief. I was like, whew. Lucy's like, Richard, you know redesign is a death sentence. And Jenna goes, no, it's not. It's a chance to have some fun. Let Sparkle have all our secondhand, stale, grody ideas. It's time for us to pull together and prove we have some poise left. Well, I should be leaving it to my dynamic duo to come up with something utterly fabulous. They obviously don't know it, but they literally have a fresh pair of eyes in the room. Yeah. This beautiful, youthful energy that she's bringing to this where it's like, let's not get ourselves down. We can do it. It's like she's a camp counselor. So we come out of the meeting. Arlene has messages for Jenna. Through these messages, Jenna is learning she has a lot more enemies than she thought she did. Yeah, all these messages are like, you tell that stuck up bitch that I hate her and everything she stands for. Yeah. Like, she's like, she's a shark in this business. Yeah, no one likes her. Everyone kind of detests her. And like, like what we were saying before, where it's like, you have this life all of a sudden that you've inherited. She is realizing that her adult self is not a nice person at all. She catches Lucy and another woman in the art department, like, talking mad shit about her. I have no idea. I'm getting so sick of having her around with this crazy new act that she has going on. Uh You know, she stole Charlotte's idea, right? And then she fired her. I say we go ahead with our own presentation and let her Mm -hmm. fall on her ass. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Oh, okay, so this is high school all over again. Exactly. We're talking about each other behind each other's back, and we're conspiring to make them look bad, just like she did at the birthday party. She's like, you know what? Let's just do our own redesign and, like, not tell Jenna at all. Everything is starting to seem a little ugly to her, I think. She goes into her office, and she sits down to do some work. Arlene opens the door and, like, introduces this man that's here to see her. He's the husband of a co-worker. He's Susan Egan's husband. He's the art director's husband. And, like, Arlene closes the door, and he immediately tries to mack on her. Yeah, because, no, I love it. Because what Arlene does is she, like, Arlene shows him in and goes, I was just dropping off Tracy's lunch, thought I'd say hello. And Arlene just goes, "Ah, sure. And just, like, closes the door. Arlene knows. Arlene knows what's going on. She knows what he's about. What are you doing? What's wrong, Pookie? Pookie? didn't stop us from rattling some desk drawers loose last week. Come on, baby. Lie down and take a memo. She nuts him. (laughs) She kicks him in the nuts. (laughs) Drops his ass. She is having an affair with a co-worker's husband. She didn't even know it. I know. Like, how horrified 
terrified would you be? She drops his ass and then leaves the office all huff and puff. That's kind of like the last straw for her Mm -hmm. in her nasty adult life. She goes over to Matt's. They take a walk together. She asks him about what happened with them. Yeah, like where it all went wrong. Also, everyone in this film is inadequately reactive to her not being able to remember shit about her life. Like you think you should be more concerned. Yeah, like why didn't anyone take her to a doctor? Like everyone just kind of went with it. You leave that writer alone. I guess, I guess. Well, you came out of the closet and um, I started to sing my birthday song to you and then you picked up and threw at me with impressive force i might add the dream house that i spent three weeks building for you and then um you just stopped being my friend and never spoke to me again after that ever that's so sad yeah they had to finish high school without talking to each other living next door to one another oh my god him watching her do all the shitty things that you know she never should have done i don't mean to laugh about this because it is a startling line but when jenna's like being like yeah remember my 13th birthday party and he's like oh yeah and we were playing that game what's it called spin the rapist (laughs) we laughed out loud like we're not laughing about rape rape is not funny (laughs) but seven and seven minutes in heaven is kind of rapey yeah like i'm I'm laughing about the self-aware humor and what she's become aware of is that the person that she became is not at all a good person. Even though she got everything she wanted. Yeah. And like it's just she realizes what she's done to him and she hates herself for it. Yeah. And it's just like oh god and we get another montage. I love Vienna. The the Billy Joel song. I love that fucking song. Slow down you crazy child you're so ambitious for a juvenile but then if you're so smart tell me why are you still so afraid and she just, Jenna, Jenna's at a low point. She It's time to take stock. It's time to take stock. It's time to take your inventory. And I love she goes home to New Jersey. <laughs> the empty house. The parents are on vacation. Yeah. She breaks into the house. And she's exploring the old house and like she goes in the basement. The paneling is gone, thank God. <laughs> It has been replaced by this ugly fucking viney floral wallpaper. But that's another conversation. And she goes back into that closet where it all went wrong. And she's trying to turn it back. She is. She's sitting like, just like she was in the closet when she went away. Mm -hmm. Sitting with her knees drawn up to her chest, slamming her head against the shelving. Just like, I need to go back. I need to go back. I am a huge bitch. I need to go back and correct this. Her parents come back in the middle of it and they're like, What's that odd banging in the basement? <laughs> Is that a home intruder? We're back from the, the Caribbean. And like dad goes downstairs armed with an umbrella. Like she was with the with the moron. Yeah, that must be a family thing. Yeah, arm yourself with an umbrella. <laughs> and they open the closet and find her in there. And they just... R- Wayne literally goes, what the hell? <laughs> what is this? You haven't called in three years. Yeah. And like now all of a sudden you're in our closet. And she like embraces Wayne. She like embraces Wayne like real tight. And her mom's like, honey. Because she's sobbing. Right into their loving arms. She goes, arms. I missed you guys. Oh and my they God. welcome her back with open arms despite the fact she's been a stuck up bitch and hasn't been talking to them. They let her sleep on the couch. And in the middle of the night when it's storming, she goes and gets in bed with them. I'm I'm happy for her parents. That's, yeah. That's all I'm saying. And like the next day she just made her a smiley face pancake stack. Oh, it's beautiful. A sunshine pancake stack. Jenna asks her mother 
She asks Bev, is there anything you wish you could go back in time and change? But did you ever make a big mistake? A huge one that could change your life? What about that? Well, Jenna, I know I made a lot of mistakes, but I don't regret making any of them. Because if I hadn't have made them, I wouldn't have learned how to make things right. That is so important to hear. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think people in general, especially when we're teenagers, we're afraid of making mistakes because we really don't think that there's anything that we can do to change those things. But that's not true. I mean, we can't change what happened, but we can do our best to move forward. Yeah. And, and be better. Yeah, I know. And so that was just a nice thing for me to hear at the ripe age of 12. Yeah. When I was anxious about everything. So Jenna has an idea. Mm-hmm. A, an epiphany, if you will. Mm-hmm. She's going to redesign Poise in the spirit of her old high school yearbooks. Mm-hmm. This is very interesting because like 80s is a huge thing now. Like there's a nostalgia for the 80s mm-hmm. right now. And I think nostalgia in general with our generation, it kind of started in the early aughts. Yeah. Because everything was so image obsessed and what was going on in the here and now and you can't possibly keep up with all of it Mm -hmm. so you embrace older aesthetics lots of people who like lots of women wanting to dress like women in the 50s or dress like women in the 80s just anything that's not now please and thank you i think she really wants to bring community into the redesign Yeah, like the actual humanity. Yeah. Not just these two-dimensional models selling shit you could never use and never afford. She wants to make the redesign more about real people and less about this unattainable standard we're all striving to meet. And I'm like, Jenna, you're doing the Lord's work. You know what she does? She offers Maddie a job. Yeah, because he's the one that had the camera in high school. Mm -hmm. Every photo in that yearbook is like, photo by Matt Flamhalf, photo by Matt Flamhalf. Yeah. Like, first of all, Flamhalf. That's just unfortunate. (laughs) He gets a huge fucking advance, too. Oh, yeah. He gets this huge check for a week of work. And Jenna's like, oh, that's okay. That's just the first half. Yeah. You get the other half when it's done. And I'm like, oh, shit. I wish that were my life. We have this great montage of of the redesign shoots. Yeah, we're taking pictures of fake proms, fake pep rallies. Fake graduation, like... Lots of letter jackets mm-hmm. and band uniforms. Things that make you feel young mm-hmm. and nostalgic for simpler times mm-hmm. in your life. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I don't know if the execution was perfect. Like, sometimes they're looking at Matt's photos and I'm like, okay. Yeah. They look fine. Yeah. <laughs> but the spirit of it is the beautiful part. It's great. It's great. And you see all these shots of Matt. Matt's taking pictures of the models, but he's not paying attention to the models. He's happier than he's been in the entire film. Like, just watching Jenna be young and into it and doing the things she loves. That that shot where they turn on the fans so there'll be fake wind. Yeah. And she's, like, laughing. Yeah, I oh, know. It's, she's so beautiful and lovely. So we're going over everything once it's shot. And Jenna goes, You know what I wish I had right now? No, what? Razzles. Razzles? Wow, I haven't had razzles in in 15 years. Remember, they're both a candy and a gum. That's incredible. Like, she just blew dust off his brain. He was like, I haven't had razzles in 15 years. And she goes, well, you know, it's both a candy and a gum. (laughs) 
so now we have to have some. They they go out and they magically find some. Because I don't know, you you don't find Razzles in your everyday supermarket. I had to ask you if it was real. Yeah, it is. It's a great candy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like you're chewing on something. You and all can this- chew on it, suck on it, eat it whole, whatever you want. <laughs> We're walking along the East River, eating Razzles together, and like I'm just like, oh, God, this is nauseating. He's like, I bet I can still beat you at the jump. Oh, we're swinging on the swing set. To see how far we can jump off the swing set. And it's just like, oh, God. They it's... jump off the swing set and they share in a not Wendy kiss. A not Wendy kiss. Yeah. Yeah, she like lands next to him in the sand and he just leans over and like gives her a kiss. Let's just say right here, right now, it was Matt that kissed her. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> Matt that kissed her. The not Wendy kiss. The not Wendy kiss. Because it's not Wendy. It's not your fiance <laughs> we're kissing. What's your fiance's name again? Yeah. And as we pull away from that shot, that beautiful romantic shot, we get Jenna in voiceover. It was like it wasn't even me. Like I just watched us down below kissing. And I just floated home on a cloud. That is so romantic. There's all of these 13-year-old girls in her bedroom. We're having a sleepover. Which I'm like... Because it's 1987. Somehow, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, where are all the parents who consented to their teenagers going over to this strange woman's apartment? Yeah. But yeah, they're just having a little old sleepover, classic 1980s vibe. Mm -hmm. And like, we're sharing stories about boys. The other thing I love, the, the general thing about this movie that I enjoy is just the positive femininity that it does bring. Like, we're dealing with the magazine industry in this movie, Mm. and the magazine industry has never been kind to young women, even though it uses them to sell things. But, like, there's this positive energy about Jenna's character where it's like, okay, let's just be girls and be fun and not worry about our lives. We are young! turned on the Pat Benatar. We are doing a fashion show. We are running and jumping on the bed. I love Pat Benatar, my androgynous beauty. I love Pat Benatar! (laughs) I just, I love it. I love the energy so much. You're right. This movie is pure fun. Yeah. Like, the stakes are never that high. Yeah. And we're just having a party. (laughs) So, Lucy has her own ideas for the redesign. Yeah, she thinks she's being real slick about it, too. She has her time to propose her new ideas for Boise's redesign. They are not well accepted, and I'll tell you why. The new and improved Poise will explore the last frontier. It will go heroin chic one better. It will OD. It will kill. Cause of death? Chicness. The new poise will go farther than any fashion magazine ever before. Lucy's concept for the redesign is fashion suicide. What the hell is that? Like all of the things that are rolling by on that projector as she's proposing, everything just looks so sick. You know what I mean? Like Like, dark and edgy. And grunge. And it's emo. I know. Like, Like she's trying to push the magazine into the emo phase, which has not happened yet. No, it has not. It is not 2006 <laughs> yet. 
not. <laughs> it is not 2006, 7, 8 yet. And like, I just, I just, the the tasteless title of that proposal, yeah. fashion suicide, that doesn't even mean good things in a magazine context. Fashion will kill. I just, what the hell? She says it'll OD. And I'm like, all of these starved looking women and all of these pictures that she's flashing by. It's glorifying everything that's wrong with the magazine industry. Exactly. Like we're going in the exact wrong direction here. And just how upset Richard looks in the meeting. (laughs) The look on his face just like, hmm. Well, I can't print this. What the fuck? She storms out of there because she's mad about being bad. Jenna's redesign proposal goes extremely well. Oh, she gets up there and she has all of these generic like mood boards kind of like in her office. Yeah. And she's like, this is poise right now. Who are these women? Does anyone know? I I don't recognize any of them. She turns those boards around and it's all of Matt's pictures. Yeah. I want to see my best friend's big sister. And the girls from the soccer team. My next door neighbor. Real women who are smart and pretty and happy to be who they are. These are the women to look up to. Like this presentation is so brilliant. Like she showed the status quo Mm -hmm. and then she flipped it and showed them how it could be different. Like let's not try to get people to embrace an unattainable standard. Let's validate their real identities. What she says is, We need to remember what used to be good. If we don't, we won't recognize it even if it hits us between the eyes. Bravo! And everyone is crying. Everyone's in tears. Arlene is positively a mess. And Richard's cheering. Yeah. And he just stands up and starts clapping. Yeah. Oh, God, it went so well. Little do we know, Lucy has gone snooping. Oh, God. Lucy goes into Jenna's office because she's pissy and Mm -hmm. she just wants to root through her things. Mm -hmm. And so Lucy opens the top drawer of Jenna's desk. There are envelopes in the desk drawer that have the sparkle letterhead on them. Mm -hmm. And they're addressed directly to Jenna. Remember how the sparkle covers and the poise covers look exactly the same? It's because Jenna is the leak. Jenna's the one been giving all the ideas to Sparkle. Yeah, she doesn't know that she's been doing it, but she has. Trish Sackett, remember? Rude, sloppy, mean Trish Sackett. We don't like her at all. She said to Jenna, get our circulation to a million and you can be the new editor-in-chief of Sparkle. And you expect Lucy to go directly to Richard. No. What Lucy does is she takes all of Mark's hard work and gives (laughs) Mark Ruffalo? Yeah, What did I say? You called him Mark. (laughs) So what Lucy does is she takes all of Matt's good hard work and gives it to Sparkle. And so basically, Lucy has usurped bad Jenna's intentions. (laughs) Jenna, completely unaware of all the treachery that's going on, gets herself all cute and goes over to Matt's apartment to tell him about how well everything went. And Wendy answers the door in his shirt. Well, tell him when he gets back. He's just not getting his tux. Stucks? I know. Men. Everything's the last minute. <laughs> I mean, hello, we're getting married tomorrow. And she's like, oh yeah, that that's happening. <laughs> he is engaged, Jenna. Yeah. Like, it's a rom-com, so now we have a wedding to stop. Yeah. 
Jenna is getting ready to present this redesign to the publishing company that actually circulates the magazine. It could be Elias Clark. It could be Elias Clark, yeah. <laughs> the people that publish Runway yeah. and The Devil Wears Prada. Condé Nast. <laughs> and Richard comes into her office and he has no good news. He's like, it's over. Lucy took all your shit and gave it to Sparkle. And she's like, no, 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 no. And she runs to Lucy's office. Lucy is packing up because she's the new editor-in-chief of Sparkle. You're right. This does have a lot of the same beats as The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Because in that movie, we also have somebody who moves to another magazine behind someone's back. Yeah. Oh, my God. I talked to Trish Sackett yesterday. It's okay, Jenna. I know all about your little deal. It's a sweet little deal, actually. Editor-in-chief, if you help him hit a million copies, so you give him tips. Oh, my God. Not bad. I just wish I would have thought of it. Lucy is playing adult games for adult prizes. Yeah. And Jenna, bless her sweet soul, is just trying to make everything better. But she didn't realize that she did this. I know. Jenna is realizing, oh, wow, bad me was going to fuck over poise, has been fucking over poise for months. And getting kickbacks for it. Yeah. I don't, I really don't know what I would do. What an ugly thing to do. I know. And so nothing has worked out the way we wanted it to. Lucy's boxes are packed. She's gone. Don't worry about Lucy no more. We literally never talk about her again. So now Jenna is at a failing magazine with no plan. Like shit. Not only did she miss most of her young life, but now her young life is awful. She walks out in front of the building and that bus goes by and it's a sparkle ad with her work on it. I know. And I'm like, wow, they work fast. (laughs) Yeah, they They said. Get it on the buses as quick as you can. (laughs) Quick before they realize what we've done. And so it's the day of the wedding and she's like, okay, I have nothing left to do. We're going to stop a wedding. (laughs) Because it's that point in the (laughs) rom-com. She hails a cab successfully. We've learned one thing. (laughs) We've learned how to blow the whistle. (laughs) And she's like, take me to New Jersey. (laughs) The funny thing is she's in the cab. Her mind is on other things. And Jim Gaffigan is behind the wheel. Jenna Rink. Yeah? Chris Crandy. <laughs> so, so what are you doing? Are you, are you married? Because if you're single, I definitely want a number. Holy shit, you. It's good old Chris that she went to the prom with. Who is fat and driving a cab and still living with his parents. Which, like, two out of those three things are fine. Yeah. But, like, if you're still living in your mom's basement, like, I think Jenna dodged a bullet there. Like, I don't know how that didn't happen, but I'm glad it didn't happen. They get to the George Washington Bridge. And she, like, jumps out of the taxi. Yeah. It barely slows down. Yeah. She does, like, a barrel roll onto the ground. She's like, wait a minute. I was going to give you my number. And she just, like, throws cash. And she's like, bye-bye. Matt and Wendy are getting married in the house that Matt grew up in next door. And so, like, she has to, like, steal this bouquet, this giant bouquet. Yeah. So that she can get through the house unnoticed by everybody that's running around. And, like, I kind of believe it. A day of the wedding, nobody's actually paying attention to anything except the wedding stuff. Yeah. So Jenna manages to get through the house, goes up to Matt's old bedroom where he's getting ready, And I'm just like, I really don't know what she was thinking because it's happening. Mm -hmm. Like Matt is getting married and you really can't stop it. Like within the half hour. Like (laughs) Wendy's literally across the hall getting her dress on. Yeah. And I'm just like, Jenna, it's a bad situation. It's not a good time. We have this heart wrenching scene. We're confronting Matt. And she's like, listen, if you knew the person that I really was, 
that I really truly could be, you wouldn't be marrying Wendy right now. Jenna, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I have felt things these past few weeks that I didn't know I could feel anymore. But I have realized in these past few days, you can't just turn back time. Oh, fuck, Jenna. <laughs> he's literally just like, come on. You're 17 years he's too like, late. He's like, I'm in love with you. I totally am. But we chose different things. I still care about Wendy. He's like, this is happening right now. Her family's downstairs. Yeah. Like, do you really expect me to ruin this day that is supposed to be the best day of her life? And Jenna's like, can you just take back? Can we just take back the last five minutes? <laughs> She's like, I get it. I want you to be happy. I'm, I'm not crying because I'm upset. I'm crying because I'm happy for you. She's crying because she's upset. She is upset. And then he does the worst thing. <laughs> he goes into the closet and gets the dream house. He kept it. He, kept he put it back together. After she threw it at his head. Jenna's dream house. I just love she's staring at it. And she goes, Maddie, can I have it? And he's just like, yeah, takes it. And she's like, look, I won't have you be late. Just go. Go on, I'm fine. I'm just crying because I'm happy. I want you to be so, so happy. I'm just happy for you. And I'm like, oh, all the tears, all the hot, sweltering tears. And he goes, you know, Jenna, I've always loved you. And she's like, okay, bye. He's like walking through this house with this dollhouse. She sneaks out of that wedding and goes back over to her parents' house. And she sits down on the stoop and puts that house down next to her. And that's just like, well, where do we go from here? Exactly. She didn't make him leave Wendy. And guys, if you've ever been in the entertainment industry, if you've ever done the theater, if you've ever been in arts and crafts, you know that glitter doesn't go away. And so this gust of wind kicks up and blows that wishing dust into her face. The wishing dust is 17 years old. It lives. And like, we just dematerialize again and we're back in the closet. It's like she never left. Lucy is like, um, Jenna is waiting for you in the closet to Fatty Maddie. And little Matt goes and opens the closet door and Jenna literally pounces on him. And gives him a big wet one. <laughs> I love how she breaks away from him and he goes, wow, you really know what you're doing. <laughs> Matt, stop it. And Lucy's coming back down the stairs and he goes, sorry, I forgot my scarf. You know what? You can be the pot and kettle all by yourself from now on. Fiosh. Come on, Matt. And she takes the project she wrote for her out of her hands, rips it in half and dumps her drink on her. <laughs> she goes, come on, Maddie, we're going to be late. He goes, late for what? And I'm like, our wedding. Oh no, I love this transition because little Jenna and little Matt run to the top of the stairs and turn the corner. And come out the front door as their 30-year-old selves. And they're getting married. Yeah. Oh, Ross, I just... Oh, don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna because it's not that deep, <laughs> yeah. but I just love... That we managed to manipulate time in a good way. Yeah. Like, we went back and we corrected all of the mistakes. We're unloading a moving truck. We're moving them into a little pink house. It's a house that looks just like the house he made for her. Yeah. Little pink houses for you and me. Oh, I love it so much. And they sit down on that sofa in the front yard. Get a pack of razzles out. And, and he goes, a razzle, Mr. Flamham? Thank you, Mrs. Flamham. <laughs> Jenna Flamhalf. Yeah, it, that's not necessarily the note I want to end on Should have kept rink. <laughs> Should have been rink, <laughs> rink 
slam half just doesn't roll it doesn't. off the tongue. It doesn't. Oh, God. And that's it. Yeah, that's it, guys. It's it, it was a fun time, was it not? I love that stupid movie. I really do. And you know when you told me you wanted to do this, I was like, really? Because I really didn't remember you having an affinity for this movie. I've always loved this movie. And, yeah. It, it, it's, it's the beginning of a lot of things for me. I don't know why. Well, I know why. Because we're the kind of people that when we watch a movie... And we see something that's that we don't know what it is, but it's couched as like a reference that everybody should know. We go look that thing up. Yeah, we eat that shit up like hotcakes. Like, like we want to know the context for everything. Mm-hmm. So you found a love of thriller and I, the thriller choreography. I did. I did. This is where we both found our love for Pat Benatar and the eighties and the eighties. <laughs> I would go back in time and tell myself that boys are not important. Mm. And like, I mean, that sounds like I'm trying to make a joke, but I mean, I just, I spent so much of my young life wrapped up in what boys liked, if they liked me. I know what boys like. I know know what what guys guys want. And I just, I feel like I would be so much further along in life if I had not obsessed over those stupid details. Men are like a treat. Yeah? You know what I mean? Tell me about it. Well, men, you don't need that. What, what does Cher say? You don't need men to live. Cher, you should settle down and marry a rich man. Say, Mom, I am a rich man. Exactly. You know, like. Exactly. Be the rich man. Men are, what Cher says they're like dessert. <laughs> you know, you don't need it in abundance. But it's good to have every once in a while. I love Cher. Yeah. Cher for president. Please. Well, that was fun. I know. I'm glad that we did that. Yeah, it's a good little one. So, yeah, guys, I think November's just going to be a coat of many colors <laughs> in terms of content. We're going to have a lot of different things for you this month. Speaking of which, uh, would you mind telling me which selection we're buying for next? Oh, yeah, because we haven't discussed this yet. No. Uh, all right. Let's see. Um, I think that even though we did one in August... I think it's been a little too long since we've done a musical. Yeah, let's uh, let's do something better than Repo. All right. <laughs> think of this as my way of making up for Repo. Okay. It's, it's a favorite of both of ours. Is it now? We are going to be doing the 2005 adaptation of Mel Brooks's stage musical, The Producers. <gasps> Just like Julius Caesar. I don't know what he's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, guys, Nathan Lane is going to be back next week. I think Matthew Broderick is going to be here. for. No, Matthew Broderick will be back as well. Yes. Because he was in Stepford Wives. We can do it. We can do it. You and me. We have such a Bialystok Bloom vibe going on. We've us. seen shit, but never like this. <laughs> <laughs> so next week is going to be a riot. We're going to be in the musical. We're going to be in our wheelhouse. There's no Business like show, business like no business I know. In the meantime, guys, you can catch us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K I C K N S T R E A M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. 
And don't forget, folks, be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. We want everyone to be able to join this watch party. Not redesign. That's not one of the R's. (laughs) Not the R word. Not the R word. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry, Mom. Mom.